This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Wednesday, March 2nd. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, local man dies in Dolores car crash, public health looks to routine disease management, Telluride Theater's epic adventure, and a mountain weather forecast. But first, a 69-year-old woman driving down Lawson Hill on Monday lost control of her vehicle, running the car off the road and into a fence on the valley floor. According to the San Miguel County Sheriff's Office, the woman was driving from Arizona to Montrose when she crashed. The Sheriff's Office, Telluride Fire Protection District, and Colorado State Patrol responded to the incident. The Sheriff's Office says the woman was transported to the Telluride Regional Medical Center for further evaluation with non-life-threatening injuries. Mountain Village recently lost a member of its community. Robert Rust died in a car crash in Montezuma County last week. We received a call for service in regards to a fatal uh, single vehicle crash that occurred Highway 145 near mile marker 29. Vehicle involved is a 2016 Chevy pickup truck. The driver, Mr. Robert Rust, A 37-year-old male from Montrose was declared deceased on scene. That's Colorado State Patrol Trooper Josh Lewis. Rust lived in Montrose but worked for the town of Mountain Village as a plaza services supervisor. According to the Mountain Village Police Department, Mountain Village staff filed a missing persons report with the department on Wednesday, February 23rd, when Rust didn't show up for work. He had actually been missing for multiple days at that point, last seen uh, on the evening hours of February 21st. and We believe the crash occurred approximately 9 p.m. on the evening of the 21st. According to Lewis, the initial report does not show drugs, alcohol, or speed as a factor in the crash. It does look like the vehicle failed to negotiate a right-hand curve in the roadway, ended up jumping the guardrail, and ultimately going down into the Dolores River Basin, where it was found by uh, San Miguel County Search and Rescue. Search and Rescue flew along Highway 145 as part of the investigation. SAR discovered the crash site on the Dolores River. It was not visible from the highway. Rust's dog was in the car at the time of the crash and survived. A multi-agency response to the incident included the Dolores Volunteer Fire Department, Montezuma County Sheriff, RICO Fire Department, Colorado State Patrol with assist from the Mountain Village Police Department, and San Miguel County Search and Rescue. Public health is shifting its COVID response, planning for future surges, evaluating past response, and turning to more routine disease management. Public health historically has provided routine disease management um, for RSV, for flu, where it's really outbreak focused and high risk focused. Um, and it, it's really how, how do we have strong case investigation? So we really understand and have a good idea of uh, what Um, how cases may be related to one another, Um, and also how do we give the tools to businesses and other organizations in order to identify any um, COVID needs that may have come up, how to engage and tap into public health resources as needed, and really keeping that health equity lens at the forefront of our response. That's San Miguel County Public Health Director Grace Franklin speaking at a Board of County Commissioners meeting on Wednesday. 
She notes that forward planning comes as case numbers in San Miguel County plateau at a low rate and wastewater numbers dip. Our wastewater numbers um, as of the last few samples are really modeling what we saw disease trend wise um, and disease burden wise um, from last year in February and March. And so if we continue to follow the same trend that we did last year um, or are on a better trajectory, we're in a really great place to um, have that continued low disease burden, even as we've seen influxes of um, visitors over the last couple of weeks. Franklin acknowledges COVID isn't over, and San Miguel County recently had another COVID-related death and a child under one year old who was hospitalized. But she says modeling from the state shows Colorado should be in a relatively good place through the summer. And that's based on the level of um, people who've been infected with Omicron, as well as those who uh, are up to date with their vaccines. Um, And then if anything goes on the same trend line of what we've seen in the previous years, summer will continue to have that low um, disease burden. The next step is figuring how public health can ramp up in the fall. Knowing that the virus is going to continue to mutate, and so there's likely going to be a variant, um, just what's the impact. And then it seems like there is a level of seasonality with people going indoors in the winter. Um, So I don't think for the immediate need, I think there'll be small clusters, but manageable. and then really, how, how do we plan for six to seven to eight months from now, um, knowing that we can't continue to engage and um, um, employ staff to the same level that we have been, but we'll need to be able to flex in and out of that, right? Part of that planning comes in the form of community feedback. Public Health is releasing a survey on San Miguel's COVID response and services. Franklin says they will use the data to determine public health's approach to COVID moving forward. Other shifts in pandemic resources. Microgen ended its COVID testing this week due to lack in demand. Public health is continuing to provide COVID testing Tuesday through Thursday. COVID testing is also available by appointment at the Telluride Regional Medical Center and the Uncompagre Medical Center. Love, gods, monsters, techno beats, livestock, and rowing. These are the key elements of Telluride Theater's latest production. It is called Epic and Odyssey, and it's based on Homer's The Odyssey, which is an ancient Greek story about Odysseus and his 10 years lost at sea post-Trojan War. That's Sasha Cuccinello, artistic director at Telluride Theater and writer-director of Epic. I'm obsessed with history, and I love Greek history, ancient Greek history, so I've always been a fan of the Iliad and the Odyssey and all of the gods and all of that. So when I wrote Dinner with Dionysus um, 12 years ago, 10 years ago, I was like, what else What else is out there? And the Odyssey has always been in the back of my head. So here we are. I also think there's a lot that has happened over the last couple of years in terms of um, going through hardships and making it to a goal and making it home and searching for the meaning of life. And I think this book is a lot about that. Of course, in true Telluride theater fashion, Epic is not simply a straight telling of the Greek poem. I think that um, when you're telling a story, that there's many layers to a story. And while the ancient Greek poem is resonates with us still, I think it's important to put our own spin on it, to really see how does it live 
in our lives now? What is Odyssey to us now? What, it, what does it mean to go home now? Um, so we really, in our process, looked at what what different odysseys are, and we melded that into the show, and people that come to see the show will really see that. Cuccinello adds the show isn't just a basic play. The reason why I love theater so much is that it melds all art forms. We have visual art and dance and music and speech and video projection and installation art. In Epic, she's bringing them all together. When we do these original shows, you're just not getting a straight play. You're getting sort of more of an experiential theater piece that melds all of these things together. Epic features original music from local musician Travis Fisher, projection and film from Dallas Lilich and Dan Gundram, and dance from Cat Lee Covert. The show also features a small but mighty cast with Sam Burgess, Mary Higgins, Dave Hodges, Megan Knowles, Ursula Ostrander, Pamela Sante, and Kodo's own and completely unbiased Matt Hoish and Julia Caulfield. When coming to the show, Cuccinello asks the audience to come in with an open heart and open mind. They're coming more to experience something. There's music and dancing and um, visuals and all of that stuff. Cuccinello hopes they leave with a deeper understanding or thought around personal struggle, change, and homecoming. I think for me, the story of the Odyssey and really looking at where we are in our lives and the hardships we face and what our goals are, I think that that's really what the meat of it is for me. While versions of the Odyssey have been done and redone for years, Cuccinello says if you don't know the story, there's no need to fear. And I don't recommend that you read it from now until then. I mean, you can if you want to, but I think that you'll come and experience the meat of the story, but also something really different as well. Epic and Odyssey opens on Tuesday, March 8th and runs through Sunday, March 13th at the Palm Theater. Shows start at 7 p.m. with a 4 p.m. matinee on Saturday, March 12th. The show is suited for ages 12 and older. Tickets are available at telluridetheater.org. Two projects in San Miguel County are getting an influx of funds thanks to Colorado's Community Revitalization Grants. The state grant program aims to provide gap funding for projects in creative and historic districts, main streets, and neighborhood commercial centers. The funds look to support creative art, gathering childcare community spaces to help diversify communities and help them economically recover. The Telluride Arts District received $3 million in grant funding for the Telluride Transfer Warehouse. The Arts District is in the process of renovating, remodeling, and restoring the warehouse into a gallery arts gathering space. The Norwood Parks and Recreation District also received $175,000 to purchase the Oliver House. Norwood Parks and Rec have been operating the livery and the Oliver House since 2015 as a theater, dance, yoga, exercise community space. The Transfer Warehouse and the Oliver House projects are two of eight across the state to receive funding in this round. In total, the Community Grant Program has awarded nearly $65 million to 34 projects. Local artist Emily Ballou will be gracing the Telluride Arts District HQ Gallery this spring. Ballou works in abstract acrylic painting, often incorporating other mediums such as gold leaf, ink, and varnish. She highlights vivacious colors and surface textures that stimulate the mind. She was also one of the 11 artists selected to display her work on cabins in Mountain Village. 
Ballou's work will be shown in the HQ Gallery this March and April with an opening reception at Art Walk on Thursday, March 3rd from 5 to 8 p.m. The HQ Gallery is one of nearly 20 locations across town participating in Art Walk this month. Towns don't just happen. They are envisioned, planned, and executed. In 2011, Mountain Village created its own comprehensive plan, or comp plan, to serve as a guiding roadmap for the next 30 years. Just a decade after the comp plan's adoption, Mountain Village is looking to amend the document to make it more flexible to the town's wants and needs moving forward. Mountain Village is working with MIG, a national firm with experience developing and updating comp plans in resort communities, and it's looking for feedback from the public. The town has developed a survey to get feedback from residents of Mountain Village, the region, second homeowners, business owners, and visitors to the area. To provide input, go to townofmountainvillage.com slash comp dash plan. The deadline to submit comment is Thursday, March 10th. Coloradans who want to replace their water-hungry lawns to save money and fight drought conditions are on the verge of getting more help from the state. As KOTO Scott Franz reports, lawmakers are advancing a bill to spend as much as $4 million on lawn replacement programs. Supporter Brian Morris then recently bought a home in northwest Denver. He says he wants to replace his grass lawn with drought-resistant plants and gravel. Not only would this lower my litter bill and give me a reason to sell my lawnmower, which I would love, um, it also is incredibly important to me as someone who cares about the ongoing environmental and water challenges here in this state. But Morrison says he cannot afford to do it because his roughly 800-square-foot lawn would cost more than $4,000. Lawmakers say their bill would help him by allowing more cities like Denver to pitch in for the work. Environmentalists say just a quarter of the state's residents can access the incentive programs right now. The bill is earning bipartisan support. I'm Scott Franz at the state capitol. Colorado's 3rd Congressional District Representative Lauren Boebert wore a divisive outfit and heckled President Joe Biden during Tuesday night's State of the Union address. KDNK's Morgan Neely has more. While many members of Congress wore blue and yellow to Tuesday night's State of the Union speech in support of Ukraine, Colorado's U.S. Representative Lauren Boebert showed her displeasure with the Biden administration by wearing a shawl bearing the phrase, Drill, baby, drill. She also turned her back on President Biden during the address. We need to secure our border and fix the immigration system. And as you might guess, I think... That was Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene, standing next to one another and chanting, Build the Wall. Greene, a representative from the state of Georgia, just days ago attended an anti-Semitic white nationalist conference in Florida where attendees repeatedly chanted, Putin, Putin, when the rally's organizer urged them to support Russia's unprovoked invasion of Ukraine. Senator Mitt Romney, Republican of Utah, later referred to Greene as a moron while criticizing members of his party who attended the conference. For KDNK News, I'm Morgan Neely. 
The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for mostly clear skies tonight with a low around 30 degrees. Thursday should be partly sunny with a high in the mid-50s. Thursday night expect partly cloudy skies with a low around 30. Friday there's a 40% chance of snow showers with partly sunny skies and a high near 50 degrees. Friday night calls for snow showers with a low around 25. This has been the news for Wednesday, March 2nd. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, personal commentaries. Hello, my name is Dan Enright. I'm a Telluride Town Councilor and the Vice Chair for the San Miguel County Democratic Party. I'm coming to you today to invite everyone to the Democratic Party's caucus for Colorado's 3rd Congressional District which will be held over Zoom this coming Saturday, March 5th at 10 a.m. Please find the link to pre-register on the San Miguel County Democratic Party Facebook page and find out more information there. These last several years, and in particular this last week, have been incredibly challenging. From the pandemic, to the housing crisis, to the ongoing effects of climate change, and to now war in Europe. The last two years have been an incredibly scary and uncertain time for so many of us. And while I'm not here to claim that this caucus on Saturday is going to fix all of these issues overnight, it is at least a place to begin, a place to meet other people who care about these issues and who want to make a difference in our world. Now is the time to get involved to start to step up and to help make and be the change in the world that you wish to see. Please, all registered Democrats here in San Miguel County and on the western slope of Colorado, come and join us. Again, that's this coming Saturday, March 5th at 10 a.m. over Zoom, and the link can be found on the San Miguel County Democratic Party Facebook page. I hope to see everyone there on Saturday. Thank you very much. Equal pay for equal work should be a no-brainer. However, in 2022, pay inequity persists. Did you know Caucasian women earn only 80 cents for every dollar a Caucasian man makes? It's even worse for women of color, with black women earning 65 cents, Latina women earning 55 cents, and American Indian women earning 60 cents for every dollar a Caucasian man makes. Aside from being unequal and unjust, Pay inequity can greatly impact a woman negatively throughout her life, including lessening a woman's ability to care for her family. Half of working women are their family's breadwinner. Pay inequity weakens a woman's ability to leave an abusive situation if she cannot support herself or her children alone. It lessens her ability to pay off educational debt. Women currently hold two-thirds of the nation's student debt. And pay inequity diminishes a woman's ability to save for retirement and the social security accumulated because of having earned less throughout her life. On Tuesday, March 8th, the Progressive Women's Caucus, in partnership with the San Miguel Resource Center, will bring attention to the issue of pay inequity through a good old-fashioned bake sale. As a long-standing tradition in celebration of International Women's Day, the Equal Pay Bake Sale aims to illustrate the current pay inequity rates. So, for example, a man who identifies as Caucasian will pay $1 for a baked good, 
while a woman who identifies as American Indian will pay 60 cents. Along with the opportunity to purchase delicious baked goods, passerbys will have the chance to learn about pay inequity and what we can do to change it. So stop by the Equal Pay Bake Sale on Tuesday, March 8th, anytime between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. at the community table at Pine in Colorado. If you are interested in baking some goods to contribute to the bake sale, give us a call at 970-708-0524. And don't forget, today and every day, to smash, smash, smash the patriarchy. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at Koto. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.